A few months back, one of my good friends called me because she needed help. She became a Methodist last year and decided it might be a good idea to take a class on Methodism and find out more about what she apparently now believes. And the teacher of the course was handing out topics from, that's traditionally considered Methodist to the students to write and present on. And she called me and said, help me, because my teacher gave me an absurd topic that thinking on it and knowing you, I knew you would love and would know how to steer me. And she was right when she told me the topic that I do love it. The topic was Christian perfection. It's, it's an intimidating term, right? Christian perfection? I mean, does, do any of us in here think that we can be perfect? Well, John Wesley, the man who started the movement that eventually became the Methodist Church, coined this term because he felt that what Christian perfection is should be the goal of every Christian's life. Now, the issue of why my friend thought that this topic was so absurd was that her teacher did not explain it at all to his class. But the meaning behind the term is actually quite simple. Christian perfection means love God, love people. Love God, love people with all that you are. And John Wesley created this term after reading from the Gospel of Matthew. When Jesus was asked by a lawyer, what is the greatest commandment? Because you're giving us this long list of stuff to do. So what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. But then before the lawyer could walk away, Jesus said, and the second greatest commandment is like it. Love people. Love your neighbor. Christian perfection is a Methodist topic. It is part of who we are as a Methodist people, and it's part of who we are as St. Matthew's. And for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about what it means to be St. Matthew's, what it means to be a Methodist church. So next week, we're going to talk about what it means to love people. But today, it's about what it means to love God. So what does it mean to love God, to love the one who Jeremiah said knew us before he formed us in our mother's womb. What does it mean to love the one who created everything and yet when he created each of us said, I am making you consecrated. I am making you set apart. I am making you holy. What does it mean to love the one who said, do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will put my words on your mouth. What 
what does it mean to love this God? This God who says, I have called you into being. I have called you by name. I've called you mine. I have called you good, and I have called you holy. I have called you blessed. I have called you precious. I have called you an heir to the kingdom. What does it mean to love this God who calls us more than what we so often think of ourselves? What does it mean to love a God who will never stop calling us, no matter how far we go, even if we're trying to run and hide? How can we love the one who created it all? Well, when we think about it, what God is calling for, what God is asking for, what God is longing for is a relationship with us for some reason. And so when we think about the relationships that we cherish most, what do we do? We set aside time. We make time. Because I know when I went on my vacation last week and I had only really maybe 50 hours in town, I made time for those I was closest to because I wanted to nurture those friendships because I wanted those friendships to go on and to continue to last even though I live 18 hours away now. I made time. I was intentional about that time. So how much time do we make for God? How much time do we set aside? Let's talk about some ways today that we can have time with God and love God more. And most of them are really basic But I find that I often need those reminded to me the most. Like the fact that we're in worship now. And I don't know about you, but worship has meant throughout my life, it's been one of the most important things to my faith walk. The last two years I lived in New Jersey, I attended a small church and when I finally allowed myself to be intentional about worshiping in that church, to listen to the words, to read the words, to really think about what they mean, to let myself be in worship, it healed me. I'd had a really rough, rough year before I went up there. I'd lost multiple people I loved and I was so broken, but worshiping, allowing myself to worship in that faith community, it healed me. And it made me love God even more 
because the people around me were truly worshiping as well. So worshiping, being present, being fully here in worship, that's how we can love God. Another way, reading scripture. Starting with a gospel, starting at the beginning, reading a psalm, reading the book that is most often called the greatest love letter this world has ever known. Taking the time to read God's word is a way to love him more, to better understand why it is he chooses us, why it is he calls us. And I don't know if this would help you, but one way I've made myself want to read the Bible more is I've made it a part of my journey. The Bible I most often used, I've covered in quotes. I filled with encouraging letters and notes and pictures from throughout my faith walk. Because when I'm reading, I find a note and I'm reminded of a moment that meant something to me, where God was present to me. So my Bible itself has become a part of my journey with God. Another way, prayer. Being honest with God, talking to God. Because so often we aren't honest. So often we can put off prayer because we're scared to be honest. I had a friend and her dad died all of a sudden. And she told me, she was like, I I can't go to church and I can't pray because I am furious with God. I told her, read the Psalms, read Lamentations, read scripture because you will find time and time again people asking God, where are you? All God wants in our prayer, with or without words, is honesty. It's who we are. Whether it's screaming out our lungs or crying in a moment for joy or for sorrow. Lifting up an image of a person or a place in our heart and in our mind before God without needing words. Prayer is how we fall in love with God because we realize, though sometimes it doesn't seem like he's listening, we eventually realize he is. Another way that that I personally love reminding myself of God's faithfulness and presence is talking to fellow believers. Asking people where they see God alive. Where is God at work? Where is God leading you? Because it's fellow believers 
who are sometimes the biggest lighthouse in a storm. I mean, ask someone. Ask someone why they believe. Do you know about 90% of kids don't know why their parents are Christians? 90% of kids don't know why their parents go to church. Ask someone, why do you believe? Why do you make this a priority? Or where is God at work? Even where are you missing God? Because it's those conversations I know that I find fulfilling and where I, I find them to be holy and where I know that God is present. There are so many ways for us to spend time with God, to love God more, whether it's watching a sunset or a sunrise or sitting in the midst of creation, even if you're hunting, sitting in the midst of creation and realizing where you are. Taking a few moments of silence in a world so full of noise, intentionally thinking about God in that silence. Or I I have a friend named Ben who he makes eating a bowl of soup time with God because each spoonful he eats, he thinks about the fact that he does have food. He thinks about those who don't. And he thinks about the fact that God is the Lord and Father of all people. And that's how he makes eating that bowl time with God. Because so much about spending time with God is about being intentional. It's about realizing that God is always with us, whether we're in rush hour traffic, taking a walk, sitting at our desk at work. God is with us. Are we taking the, the time, the opportunity to notice, to be aware? Our mission statement here at St. Matthew's, how we define who we are, is this. We are a family of faith reaching out to share the love and grace of Jesus Christ with you. That is our mission statement. It's how we say who we are. But the thing is, if we don't love God, we aren't a family of faith. If we don't love God, we can't reach out and share that love. And nothing we accomplish in this life, no amount of good acts in this life, is ever more important than loving God. That is the greatest act of worship, the greatest thing we can do as a Christian and as a member here at St. Matthew's because choosing to love God, 
choosing to make that time. That's what changes everything. That's what changes us. And that's when finally we're able to have God work in and through us because we're connected to him. We've made time for him. We've nourished that relationship. So this week, let's all make time. Whether it's two minutes of silence, five minutes of reading scripture, talking with someone about their faith life. Let's all try to make time to be with God, to love God more. And then let's notice how it changes us. Let's pray. Oh Lord, you called us into being and you called us good and you called us worthy and loved. And you have called us into a relationship with you. Lord, help us to make time. Help us to find time to be with you, to love you more. And to realize in those moments how much you love us. Thank you. We love you so. In your son's name. Amen.